Hey, good morning. Man, I, I don't know about you, but those songs have already started turning my heart, heart toward Easter. And you know, there's just not a better time of year for us as believers to just boldly declare the hope we have in Jesus. Can I get an amen to that? Guys, it's going to be an incredible Holy Week that we have just been planning and getting prepared for as a staff. We have Good Friday service. We have two Good Friday services this year that we think will just be a powerful, powerful reflection time to prepare us for Resurrection Sunday. Come on, man. That's going to be exciting. It's going to be amazing. Invite your friends. We got good news to share. Come on. There should be nothing more excited than a pastor around Easter to tell people that Jesus has risen from the dead. Amen? That is just, that is just what we're about. Um, it's been an incredible morning already. Um, I was, uh, I was kind of exhausted this week. Uh, it's been a kind of a big run since the first part of, this, uh, of the year. Uh, I went on the mission trip, kind of, kind of running tough and, and fast, and my wife's out of town this week, and so I was with my twins. It was a great week, but I was feeling a little tired and, and uh, thinking about, Lord, I just need extra strength, and I kind of went to bed feeling that way, counting on him to give me strength this morning. And a friend of mine came up today between services and said, I just need to tell you something. It was really random, really weird. But at 3.03 in the morning, I wake up and I feel like the Holy Spirit tells me, Brad is really tired and you need to pray for him. So I spent like 25 minutes praying for you in the middle of the night. It's like, I don't know what that is. I'm like, that is so wild because I have been a little extra worn out. And this morning I woke up I'm ready to go, you know, come on, let's go. And so that is, that is just like our God, you know. In fact, I'm going to be speaking today about hearing from God, about hearing the voice of God. And I want to just ask you a question as we get started. I want to ask you a question. If you knew today that God was going to speak directly to you, if you knew that he was going to just really just reveal something powerfully to you specifically this morning or, or maybe tonight or at some point this afternoon, how many of us would be really excited about that news? How many of us would lean in, right? That God is going to speak to me, right? Like, wow, what a weighty thought. I think most of us would be excited. Like, hey, tonight you're going to have this crazy dream or, or at some point today, you're just going to know like God just speaks to you. If this microphone keeps doing that, you guys, we can go to handheld. So just so you know, because it's kind of driving me crazy. Um, I, so if that, if, that were, if that were an option, I think all of us would lean in. But let me ask you another question that's a little less comfortable. When's the last time God spoke to you? When's the last time you really sensed? Thank you, sir. Let's give Brian a hand here. When is the last time that you really experienced God speak to you? And that, that, that question's a little um, less comfortable, I think, because for a lot of us, we're not quite sure what that means to have God speak to us. You know, we might feel even um, like that old cynical statement, right, that, that goes like this. When you talk to God, that's called prayer, and when God talks to you, that's called schizophrenia. <laughs> Have you ever heard that before? And maybe there's some people here this morning that that's exactly why you think religious people are kind of crazy because we believe God speaks to us, right? And you're like, that's actually my problem with religion, right? Like, I just get a little worried about people who claim that, right? But I was talking to Chris about this this week, and he said, you know, what's funny with people who um, kind of get a little weirded out about God speaking to us, 
They seem to have no problem uh, affirming that the devil talks to people, right? Like the devil puts weird thoughts in people's heads and people do crazy atrocities all the time. And and there seems to be no problem with that. But yeah, like Christians believing that God speaks to us, that's that's somehow problematic, right? I grew up in churches that really didn't welcome that too much. I mean, it was okay for a pastor thought that God spoke to him about, you know, a passage of scripture. And, and, and that would be okay. But for ordinary Christians, like we're, we were a little like, not so sure about that kind of thing. And especially if a Christian came up to you and said, hey, I have a word for you from like God. I mean, we were really kind of like, ah, you're just gotta keep your word to yourself kind of thing, you know? And you kind of had that kind of culture growing up. For others of you, when I asked you that question, when was the last time God spoke to you it kind of triggered a little, I don't know, insecurity maybe. Because maybe for you, you just feel like, you know, I don't know if God speaks to me. I hear about God speaking to people all the time, but I don't know if he does speak to me. I don't know if I've ever heard his voice. It could be, and I'm going to talk about this today, that you're really getting a lot of messages from God, but you're not you're not able to really understand what he's saying or you're not having language to give you kind of categories for how he speaks. We're going to talk about that today. But maybe the concept is a little bit insecurity-inducing, right? Or maybe there's some here this morning, and and honestly, the idea of God speaking to you kind of reminds you of some trauma. Maybe a parent who is really critical, uh, or maybe a church culture that you grew up in, and and God was this really like this, you know, demanding judge. And and the idea of God speaking to you kind of makes you feel a little like, oh, I don't want, if God is going to condemn me, I don't want him talking to me. If he's going to sound like my dad, you know, that critical person in my past, like, I don't want that voice speaking to me. But I want to say, no matter where you're coming at from this, on this topic, whatever your background is, I want to, I want to appeal to something that I, I can basically bet all of us have experienced at some point. And that's this, that some point along your journey, even if you're not a person that would consider yourself a Christian yet, you've experienced moments where it's hard to really put your finger on it. At moments of where you just feel, man, there was just, there was just a, an impression of, of love, of joy. There was a sense that you know, the universe was talking to me, right? There was a sense that like God was speaking. It could have been, if you're a Jesus follower, it could have been when you were reading his word. You're like, I think that this is speaking to me. It could have been in a worship song. It could have been in a, in a time when a, a friend of yours gave you just, just that encouragement that you needed to hear at just the right time. Or maybe spoke some hard truth that you knew was God speaking through them. They were trying to keep you from doing something stupid, right? And he was just like, thank you, right? I think we've all experienced that. So let me say this, let me say this. No matter where you're at from this topic, no matter where you're coming from, no matter how much you believe God speaks or you're not so sure or you're somewhere in the middle, I wanna, I wanna just really make something very clear this morning. God is speaking. God expects us to listen to him. Jesus told us that we are following him, right? He, he invited us to follow him. And that's not just Jesus's teachings, but actually the living Jesus that we've been singing about who defeated death. That Jesus is alive and he's inviting you and me to follow him. And that implies that he speaks. I wanna look at something Jesus says, and I think this is so powerful. This is in John chapter 10. Jesus is actually combating some religious leaders who were questioning his authority. 
And here's what Jesus says. He says, my sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. I give them eternal life and they will never perish. No one can snatch them away from me. Guys, hearing the voice of Jesus is not an option for us. Not hearing, put it this way, not hearing the voice of Jesus is not an option for us as believers. This is part of what it means to be one of his disciples. He's the shepherd and we're, we're the sheep. So here's the first thing I want to say, and I want to say this as, as clearly as I can. The foundation of hearing God's voice is listening. And this doesn't mean just like getting quiet and saying, okay, Lord, if you want to speak, I'm, I'm listening. That's, that's important and that's part of it, I think. But it's not just that. It's the kind of listening that you parents expect from your kids. Let me talk about that for a second, okay? <laughs> How many parents in here can identify with the following statements? Hey, why aren't you listening? <laughs> hey, kids, listen to what I'm saying, right? Obviously, you didn't listen right? Like, how many times did I say that this week to my twins when Michelle's gone, right? Like, guys, will you please listen to me right now, <laughs> right? Now, I'm not worried about their hearing, right? I'm not thinking they need to go to an ear doctor. Now, maybe I am, I, but truly, it's not really that, right? It's a problem not with their ears, but with their heart. See, when God speaks, he's not worried if you can hear him or not. He's worried if you will listen or not. The issue isn't audible hearing or not. The issue is the place of my heart. So I want to say this really clearly, guys. God speaks to those who listen. God speaks to those who listen. I could stop this sermon right now, and that would be enough, honestly. Because the only question that really we have today on this topic is, is one, am I listening? It's not, is God talking? That's not really up for debate. That is true. God is speaking. The question really isn't, is God speaking? The question is, am I listening? God speaks to those who listen. I want to bring you to this last conversation that Jesus has with Peter. This is a powerful moment. It's those last words that you always remember. And Peter, is, he's, he's lived through the torture of watching Jesus be just taken away by the guards. Peter was disillusioned when Jesus surrendered. He thought Jesus was going to fight. We're going to talk all about this at Good Friday. Right? He thought Jesus was going to fight. Instead, Jesus surrenders. And Jesus goes through this terrible, terrible crucifixion. And Peter denies even knowing Jesus. It's the lowest point in Peter's life. Jesus goes through the crucifixion. He rises from the dead. Jesus and Peter talk that intimate conversation after all that's happened where he just says to Peter, do you love me? And after three agonizing questions, do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me? To go, to go along with those three denials, Jesus gives Peter his job back. He says, okay, you can feed my sheep. I just need to know where we were, Peter. And then Jesus kind of tells Peter something cryptic. He says, you know, Peter, there's going to come a time when you're going to basically be killed because you're my witness. And so at this crucial moment in the conversation, I want to show you what happens next because this is really, really important for our conversation today. Peter turns and he, he saw that the disciple whom Jesus loved was following them. 
This was the one who leaned back against Jesus at the supper and said, Lord, who's gonna betray you? This is always so funny because we don't quite know who this person is because all throughout the book of John, he just refers to himself as the one who Jesus loved. Obviously we think it's John. We're not 100% sure, but the funny thing about that is he's writing it. So he gets to say that, right? Like I'm just the one Jesus loved, you know? So that's just me. <laughs> so, so Peter is, uh, is talking with Jesus. They're having this great conversation about Jesus, you know, Peter and Jesus' relationship, about Peter one day going to die as a martyr. And Peter notices this other disciple was following. And so then Peter asks the question. He says, Lord, what about him? <laughs> oh, you just told me I'm going to die a martyr's death. What about that guy? I love that. Peter is such a middle school kid. I really believe that. He's like, what about him, right? Because <laughs> I could see a middle school kid asking that. And Jesus says this, and I could see a middle school teacher saying this. Okay, <laughs> if I want him to remain alive until I return, what is that to you? And then he says, you follow me. You follow me. Don't worry about him. You follow me. Oh, if I could just have a one-on-one -on -one with every person in here and try to just look in your eyes and say that. Don't worry about anybody else. You follow Jesus. Just you follow him. Now, I want to I I unpack what that meant. Because for three years, Peter had been literally following Jesus. Jesus was like, hey, guys, let's, we're heading to another town. I'm like, okay, right? Hey, guys, it's time for us to uh, feed the 5,000. <laughs> How are we going to feed these people, right? And so Jesus and Peter have been in this relationship where the earthly Jesus is leading and Peter is following. But at this moment, Jesus is just about to ascend to the Father, he will no longer be that physical, audible presence that's been in his life for three years. Peter is about to see Jesus leave. But yet Jesus tells Peter to continue following. That's interesting. Now for the next 30 years, church tradition tells us Peter lives about 30 years. And for the next 30 years, Peter has to learn how to follow an invisible Jesus. He has to hear an inaudible voice. He has to follow a shepherd he used to know physically, but now is seated in the heavenlies next to his father. Now he's installed as king. Come on, somebody. Jesus is king. But he's got to learn how to follow that Jesus. In fact, Peter has to learn all the same skills that you and I need to learn in following a Jesus we haven't seen and we can't hear audibly. That's a powerful word. I wanna look at just how important this is. And Jesus says this in John chapter 10. He, he, he gives this metaphor. I, I mentioned a verse earlier in John 10. I wanna go back to John 10 where Jesus is the shepherd and we're the sheep. And this is what he expects, guys. This is what Jesus expects of people who call themselves Jesus followers. He says this, when he has brought out all his own, talking about himself, he goes on ahead of them and his sheep follow him. Let's all say it. Because they know his voice. Jesus is anticipating a time where he's no longer going to be on earth. He's going to be in heaven, but he's still expecting the sheep to kind of fall right behind him because they learn to hear his voice. So how do we hear God's voice? How do you know it when you hear it? How do you know that you're really listening? How do you know that's not your own voice? How do you know that's not, your, you know, maybe your parents' voice or the voice of an overactive conscience, right? How do you know when you're hearing the voice of Jesus? Guys, I, I wanna give you a couple of ways to really identify the voice of Jesus. And the first one, 
I think is so critical. And here it is. The first place we actually learn to hear the voice of Jesus is when we gather in church, is when we're a part of a church community. We, we, we love those stories of Moses going up to the mountain by himself and having this encounter with God, right? And, and hearing God speak. And we like those stories of, of these lonely vigils where, where God supernaturally just meets with a prophet or somebody in the Old Testament because we're a very individualistic culture. We kind of overemphasize just my individual relationship with God. But actually, friends, more often than any other time in Scripture, when you hear God showing up or when you read about God showing up, it's to a group of people and they're having a corporate gathering around the Holy Spirit and they're hearing God together. We are in a body. And so we hear God, God speaks to us when we gather. I want to show you a text in 1 Corinthians where Paul, he assumes that a church gathering together, they're going to experience God's voice as a team or as a church. And it's in 1 Corinthians 14. What I love about 1 Corinthians is we have this church that, that has got some issues that Paul's going to address. But when Paul writes this letter, we get a really cool like window into the first century. We get to see what it was like to be a first century Christian. And in this church where Paul's writing, he's, he's, he started this church and he's left. Now he's writing a letter back to them. And they've had some questions. They've had a little bit of rivalries and factions and divisions in the church. And so Paul's trying to correct that, make them unified. And one of the issues in that church was they'd all gather on Sunday and they'd all start to use their spiritual gifts, but it wasn't really to help each other. It was more to kind of promote themselves. And so in 1 Corinthians 14, Paul wants to address that. And he, he's gonna talk about prophecy and tongues. And I want you to remember that when we talk about prophecy in scripture, it's not, not normally about the, the future. We always think about prophets as someone who predict the future. It's really about an authoritative word from God. And so look what he says about prophecy in a local church. Look what he says. He says, follow the way of love and eagerly desire the gifts of the spirit. Look at this, especially this authoritative word. He says, for anyone who speaks in a tongue does not speak to people, but to God. Indeed, no one understands them. They utter mysteries by the Spirit. But the one who speaks, or the one who prophesies, speaks, look at this, to people for their strengthening, encouraging, and comfort. Notice what Paul's assuming. He's assuming that when that church gathers, there will be members of that church that have this gift of prophecy that can speak to someone else, this authoritative word from the Holy Spirit that will encourage each other and strengthen each other. This like life-giving word that God is speaking to his church. And it all happens within this, this, this setting, this church setting. He says, anyone who speaks in a tongue edifies themselves, but the one who prophesies edifies the church. A few verses later in verse 24, he goes on and he, he says something else. He says, but if all of you are prophesying, so in this church setting, there's multiple people that are speaking the words of God to each other and unbelievers or people who don't understand these things come into your meeting. Look what he says will happen. They will be convicted of sin and judged by what you say. Look what he says next. As they listen, their secret thoughts will be exposed and they will fall to their knees and worship God, declaring, look at this, God is truly here among you. Guys, is that not what we want for people who visit our church? Do we not want people to say, man, I tell you what, God is surely there among those people. 
Like when I went to that church, it was just like crazy. It was uncanny. It was like everything that was said when the pastor was preaching, when the people were singing, it was the, it was the prophecy of, of people praying for me. It was, I went forward, I got prayer, and this person said, hey, at three in the morning, I just felt like I needed to pray for you. Are you tired? Absolutely, I'm tired. Man, that's crazy. How did you know that? Are you guys with me, church? This is what it means to not stifle the Holy Spirit in a church, but to depend and believe that God is active and he's speaking. Come on, that's what we want. We need a God who speaks and we need to be a people who hear. That's so important, church. Paul says the same thing in 1 Thessalonians chapter five. He says, always be joyful. Never stop praying. Be thankful in all circumstances for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. But look what he says, church. He says, do not stifle the Holy Spirit. I tell you what, I wish we couldn't do that. Man, there's a few things I wish we couldn't do. I, saw, I talked about one last week. I wish, I wish we couldn't deceive ourselves and I wish we couldn't stifle the Holy Spirit. I wish, I wish that that was not an option for us because man, I do not want to do that. I do not want to be guilty of, of trying to quench or stifle the Holy Spirit, especially in our church. It goes on, he says this, look at this. Do not scoff at prophecies, but test everything that is said. Hold on to what is good and stay away from every kind of evil. Guys, this is so critical because Paul is assuming that in that church setting, once again, there will be people who have authoritative words from God that will speak to one another and that we should not be stifling the Holy Spirit and we should not be scoffing at when, when someone says, hey, I, have got a, I think I got a word maybe that God wants to share with you. Or, or in, a, in a sermon, maybe you're sitting there, instead of having a hard heart kind of scoffing at what I'm bringing to, from, from God's word to us, instead of that, we're, we're like, Lord, if there's something I need to hear, man, let me hear it. I was talking to Brooke. Uh, she kind of runs our social media, and she was, she's been doing these little snips of, our, of our, our sermons and putting them on Instagram. And so she's like, Brad, you know, you're getting some people who are like commenting, but there are some haters too. And she's like, I don't know what to do. Like, can you have someone like, respond to these haters, right? So I'm like, I want to see who these haters are, you know? So I'm like reading some of the comments. I'm like, oh yeah. So the old apologetic, you know, training I have like, oh yeah, I'm ready to go. I'm going to fire back some responses. Yeah. Uh, they honestly, you know, answer a fool according to their father. Sometimes you don't need to answer them. Like whatever, bro. You know, I'm not going to convince you anyway here on Instagram. But the point is, right? Some people have that posture, right? They have this posture of, of scoffing at anything that would come from God's word. And what Paul's saying is like, dude, don't scoff at prophecy. Now, test everything, and we're gonna talk about that, but man, let's have an openness to the Spirit. Guys, what if we were just so open to the Spirit that, man, it would just take a gentle breeze of the Spirit in our church and we would just fall on our face? What if we wouldn't need an earthquake to detect the spirit. But what if the gentlest breeze of the spirit would blow into this room and we would collectively be on our faces and we'd be saying, God is among us, God is among us, God is among us. What if we were that sensitive to the move of the spirit? Guys, I gotta tell you a cool, cool, another cool story. We're gonna be here a little while today. I got some stories. Um, I was talking to Carrie Baker. He's like, Brad, I gotta tell you this story. I hope he doesn't, he isn't gonna care. Anyway, he's like, I was praying and I said, God, I want to meet you at Starbucks tomorrow. That's crazy. That's crazy prayer, right? I want to meet you at Starbucks tomorrow. And I, I went to bed. I kind of forgot I prayed that. I go to Starbucks, you know, get my coffee. I'm bringing it out to my car. 
I sit in my car. The windows are rolled up, and I'm, my wife is in there with me, and I'm telling you, Brad, all of a sudden, a wind blew through our car, and it even moved her hair. He, he's like, I can't believe, like, just the wind of this. He was like, I, I am just, he goes, Brad, I'm, I'm starting to get choked up telling you about this. I, you hear about God moving. You hear about these experiences, the wind of the fire of the Holy Spirit, like in Acts chapter two. Brad, I experienced that. Like, I, this man, if you knew his story, friend, oh my gosh, his, he is an evangelist for Jesus. He's just excited about what God's doing. And he is not gonna scoff at prophecy. He is not gonna be hard-hearted. He's like open to what God would, guys, what if that was our posture? Man, what if that was just the way we are? I do want to. I do want to give a warning here, and the warning I want to give is: it's to those who claim to have words from God, but they're not connected to a local church. Guys, I have no place. I have no 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 patience, and really no tolerance for this roaming person who would claim to speak for God, but then not obey God by not being connected to a local church. Guys, here's the truth. God is gonna speak to his people, but he's gonna speak to a, a submitted people who are submitted to each other, who are not gonna try to be rogue and like these, these self-appointed theological policemen and women who would try to tell everybody else what to do, but they themselves not be connected to a local church. So guys, listen, if someone comes to you with a word from God, but they are not submissive to a local church, then I would just tell them, hey, once you find a church you're a part of, you could talk to that church. But please, I got enough people speaking in my life that know me and that I'm doing life with. Are you with me, church? That's really important. We have to be humble in a community with each other. Because speaking for God is a potential for great hubris. It's an awful big thing to say, I feel like God's speaking through me to you. And so we have to be humble and submissive in a, in a local church. But we do need to test what is said. And I think the second way this is all connected, that God speaks to us and sometimes tests what God is saying to the Spirit, is as we reflect and we read Scripture. The more you hear God's voice, the more you hear Jesus' voice, the more you read scripture, the more you're able to test everything that's coming your way because you're seeing if it lines up with scripture and you're saying, yes, man, that is exactly the kind of thing Jesus would say. Or no, that is not the voice of God. That's a different voice. There's many, many spirits out there, the book of 1 John says, and they're not all testifying of the truth. There are lying spirits out there. So you have to have this discernment that comes from reflecting and reading scripture. So this week, let me tell you how this kind of worked out this week for me. Uh, as I told you, I'm with my twins this week. And so uh, Michelle is out of town. She's with Taryn. They're having this wonderful um, trip that I'm very jealous of. So I'm, I'm back here. So I'm just, and I got my twins. And I say, hey, girls, mom's not the only one going to have fun this week. Let's go to Knott's Berry Farm. <laughs> so I take my girls. And we go to Knott's Berry Farm. And uh, the second day we were there, we had a long first day. And the second day we were, we were going to the water park, which was really fun. But we're waiting for it to open, and I was, I was reading my Bible at Starbucks or at a coffee shop, and um, they didn't have their little devotional. They actually didn't have a lot of things because mom wasn't there to pack, so I'm really sorry. Okay, so, so I'm reading my Bible, and they're sitting there, and I'm like, hey, novel idea. Why don't I share my devotion with these, my, my daughters? What a, what a concept, Dad. Anyway. So I, so I say, girls, let me tell you what daddy's reading, all right? So I'm in Proverbs, happen to be reading through Proverbs, and I'm in chapter 12, and this is the fourth verse. We're just kind of going through it together. A wife of noble character 
is her husband's crown. But a disgraceful wife is like decay in her bones or his bones. I remember reading this verse earlier and sending it to Michelle. I was like, babe, you are such a wife of noble character. I just love you. But I was thinking, I was like, this is a beautiful opportunity to talk to my two little girls about one day being a wife. I don't even want to think about that, but like my heart's like, you know, and I'm like, girls, let's talk about this. What does it mean to have noble character? And they're like, they're t- you know, I love middle school. They're in middle school. They're just, I love it. They say exactly what they're thinking, but what they're thinking is so funny. And just Anyway, so we're going through this. We have this beautiful moment. I'm just like, oh, what are the odds, guys? Check this out. What are the odds? I'm reading this passage and I'm in this place. And there are me and my girls with this moment for daddy to talk about how much he loves their mommy and the character she has and how much he hopes they are that kind of wife for their husband one day. It was a beautiful moment. So then we read a little bit more. You ready for this? This is great. Look at that one. A little bit later. Fools show their annoyance at once, but the prudent overlook an insult. Okay. The night before, I told you it was a long day. The night before, we did not overlook insults. In fact, the, the night before... One of the twins may or may not have went to bed without dinner because they didn't overlook insult. Anyway, it was just a, I did not, I did not plan this. This is, guys, this is just God speaking. And I'm telling you, we're going through this text and we're talking about this. And it was like the Lord is just speaking through his word. Guys, this is one of those examples of where, and you have had these experiences. I'm telling you, I would, I would venture to say if we had time to talk about it, most of us in this room have had an experience where you are just like, man, everywhere I turn, I'm getting the same message. It's like God is speaking to me here. I opened up, uh, my friend sent me a Bible verse, you know. I'm, uh, the back of the, the taxi cab has the reference to the verse. You guys know what I'm talking about? It's like this constant s- circumstance that is reinforcing what God wants you to learn. Guys, God speaks to those who listen. Are you listening? Sometimes he's going to repeat himself over and over because he really wants you to get a hold of this concept. Sometimes we're sitting at a a coffee shop and your daddy's going through overlooking an insult. We're like, hey, actually, we could have used that just yesterday. I'm like, yeah, that's true. And this is beautiful thing that I could not have set up. I could not have said, okay, you know what? I'm going to grab my Bible and I'm going to have a Bible study on on whatever, you know, with my twins. And and, and then I'm kind of maybe almost abusively using the scripture. This is just when God is moving, you just flow with the work of scripture and you don't have to try to orchestrate it. You just need to be sensitive and submissive to it because God is doing a work. The question is, are you listening? Are you with me, church? This is so important. There's a text in in Luke chapter 10 where you really, you see this driven home. Jesus is uh, traveling and it says that him and his disciples continued on their way to Jerusalem and they came to this certain village where a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet, let's all say it, listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by making this big dinner. The word distracted in Greek literally means pulled apart. Now, friends, it's not wrong that Martha wanted to make dinner. That's not a problem, okay? The problem was that making the dinner distracted her from Jesus. 
And guys, that's exactly what we, I'll just speak for me. This is exactly what I do so often because I'm a very task-driven person. If I've got a big dinner to make, then I'm really not in a posture to listen to Jesus. Guys, listen, you know what I, I think is so important here? To point out that Jesus is near. He's in the other room, which tells me this. Jesus doesn't have to be far away for me to be too distracted to hear him. Jesus doesn't have to be on another planet for me to actually miss what he wants to do. Actually, Jesus might be so close that he could just whisper and I could hear him if I were listening. But we're so distracted by our schedules. We don't quiet our hearts. We don't put ourselves in a posture to hear. In fact, we're just thinking about the next thing. In fact, I think that's one of the problems with our social media and our iPhones and our Androids and our schedules is we constantly stay distracted that we really aren't tuning in to the voice of the Holy Spirit. We're not actually saying, God, where are you at work? What do you want me to do? God, I'm all ears for your plans. God speaks to those who listen. God speaks to those who listen. And if you, if you don't take time to learn how to sit at Jesus' feet, you will not learn how to detect what his voice sounds like. I want to give you a, something that, that I hope will help you, that next time this happens, I want you to take special note of it. There will be times, especially if your heart's tuned, where you will experience a sudden thought that seems to come out of nowhere. And this sudden thought will sound a whole lot like Jesus and not sound a whole lot like you. It'll be a thought like, you know that person that you talked to last week? You were kind of cruel. Or you were short-tempered. You, were, you weren't really kind to your daughter. <laughs> you, you didn't spend time with him. You need to apologize. Hit you out of nowhere. Like, out of nowhere. Like, I need to apologize? Yeah. Hmm. Might be walking past someone and all of a sudden, just a sense. Tell them, tell them I love them. Just, just, I know it sounds weird. Just go say, hey, I, I, just, I don't know why. Just feel like I need to tell you God loves you. Guys, I love doing that. Chris really loves doing that. I love doing that. You know what's crazy about that? I've never had someone say, oh, I didn't want you to tell me that. Almost every single time someone said that, you're like, wow, really? Yeah. Let me tell you a, a story as I wrap up, I was, uh, I was praying for our city. I was like, Lord, there's millions of people who live here. There's 200,000 people just within 10 miles of our school and church. How do we reach the, where do we start, Lord? It's like, where do we even start trying to love this city? And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, again, one of these sudden thoughts that sound a lot like Jesus and don't sound anything like me, I had this like thought, like I want you to pray for the Henderson Rehab Center. It was called Lake Mead Rehab Center. I want you just to pray for that place. I mean, I'd driven by that place my whole life. I'd driven by it my whole life. I never thought about it. Back in the fall, I started thinking about it. I couldn't stop thinking about it. Every time I would go to pray, my thoughts would instantly go to that place. So I said, okay, Lord, I'm going to start praying for it. So I started praying. I'd even drive on the parking lot and I'd pray. I remember I had an alpha representative and he was here and I said, hey man, let's go over here and pray for this place. I'm like, okay. So we went over there and we prayed for it, right? I started praying. There was a, a guy who was attending our church who actually worked there kind of as a, a, a specialist on wheelchairs. And he said, Brad, 
I know we've been trying to call because I was trying to call and see if there was anyone I could talk to. I kept getting the runaround. I was kind of coming out of COVID, you know. I, I know you've been trying to call, but I got, I got the name of the person. And I want you to meet this person. I think that they'd be great. Come to find out, Catherine, who's over there, loves Jesus. She's in charge of all the volunteers. She has a assistant who also loves Jesus and, and does church services when she can there. I mean, what, guys, what are the odds of the main volunteer coordinator is a Jesus follower who, when, when she heard, I wanted to go there and serve, she's like, absolutely, who do you want to pray for? Literally, that was the invitation. So Chris and I have come, other people have a picture of us. We're the, just there and we're just praying for these people. We go there on Wednesday morning, just praying for them. In fact, I'm so excited about what God's opening, the door he's opening. I just believe that God wants our church to go over there and start just to love that community, to go room by room and just pray for people, to do activities with them. So many of these folks are, are, are people who are just normal, living normal lives, and then all of a sudden out of nowhere have a stroke. And because they don't have insurance or anything, they end up in a facility that's government run. And, and honestly, the conditions are pretty, pretty sad. And every time I go there, I feel the same overwhelming, like, I don't really want to go. Like, it's not like I, I'm excited, right? But every time I go and I just said, Lord, not my will, but your will be done. I just put my yes on the table. I'm just going to go there and see. Because sometimes I'm like, what, am, what good am I doing? You know, kind of go through all the self-doubt thing that we all have. We all struggle with. Pastors struggle with that too. And I'm like, Lord, I'm just going to go. I don't know if this is what I should be doing. I'm just going to go there. I'm going to try to love somebody. I'm going to try to just be the light of Jesus. I'm going to try to pray for somebody. Guys, every single week that I go there, when I'm leaving, I'm like, wow, that was amazing. I, I know these people's stories. I know their names. I have, my, I have a note on my phone that I write everything down about them. And I go back to them and I start saying, hey, how are you doing? What's going on? How can I encourage you? How can I pray for you? Guys, I'm just telling you, listen, there's something powerful that opens up in your Christian walk when you just say, I'm putting my yes on the table. God, I'm all ears. What do you want for me to do? Guys, I want you to think about this so powerfully right now. Are you ready for God to speak to you? Are you ready for God to just, to give you an assignment, to give you some kind of impression, to give you some kind of thought? Are you ready to maybe reconcile a relationship that has been kind of tense because there's been friction and neither one of you have kind of been willing to move? Are you willing to say, Lord, if, if that's something that you're asking me to do, to maybe just move toward that person and, and start that hope, that process of reconciliation, God, I'm no longer gonna stay on my side. I'm gonna actually move toward them because Jesus told me to love even my enemies. Guys, that's what it means to follow Jesus. I wanna give you kind of like this visual as we wrap up, and I hope it helps. You have God's people, and they're centered on God's word, and they're living out God's mission. You're gonna hear God's voice. So guys, let me say this. If you don't think you're really hearing God's voice, then one of these three needs to, needs to work. Maybe you're not yet a follower of Jesus. Maybe you've never really bowed your knee to King Jesus. 
Maybe the only thing you've ever heard Jesus say to you is, hey, come to me because you have your life full of sin and you need to repent. And I died on the cross so that you could be forgiven. But you've like heard that message, but you've kind of kept Jesus at arm's length. Guys, that's the last thing you've heard. And that's the first thing you need to fix. You need to say to go, God, God, right now, I know you've at times in the past showed me that I need Jesus. And I've honestly kept you at a distance. Or maybe I've kind of halfway surrendered, but not fully surrendered. God, right now I'm hearing the Spirit speak in my heart to fully surrender to Jesus. And so I want to become a part of God's people. I want to receive Jesus as my Savior. Maybe that's your word today. Or maybe you need to be centered on God's word. So you need to be in this church with people and you need to center your life on God's word. Maybe there are things in your life that you know are contradicted by God's word and you just haven't surrendered to it. And so that's what you need to do. You need to say, Lord, right there, I have, I have things in my life that I'm literally just resisting on. And until I, ch- I just, I change that, I'm not gonna really be hearing God's voice. So God, show me where I'm really being hard-hearted. Or maybe you're not living out God's mission. Right? Maybe you're living out your mission, right? You're just kind of living your life. You really aren't really living that life of adventure. So guys, here's what I'm trying to say. John chapter 10. Jesus is out in front and his sheep fall behind him because they know his voice. So what about you? What about us? What about me? Are we willing to to go on this adventure with Jesus? Do you want God to speak to you? Man, well, let's just put our yes on the table and let's say, God, I'm all ears because God speaks to those who listen. Can I get an amen, church? God speaks to those who listen. Can we stand together, church? I want to just have a time to respond. And, and I want us to just kind of have some time where, the, where Carolina will sing over us. And I want us just to respond to this message a little bit. And as you stand there and, and you have this moment with God right where you are, I want to lead you into, into a moment where you just kind of come before God. Guys, you came to church today, right? If we can't pray and if we can't just be a little, like, comfortable uh, in this, then... There's something wrong with us, so let's just be comfortable here. Lord, we want you to speak. The church at Lake Mead is asking you to speak. We do not stifle the Holy Spirit here, God. You have freedom here. God, if if there's a word that you'd like to give to your church for one another in this room, Lord, we want to be open to that, God. So right now, church, we're just going to kind of give the Spirit time to move. Maybe for you, it's you need to come forward and you just need to pray. You and Jesus need to just have some moments. The Spirit's been speaking to you. And right now, you're, guys, let me tell you, do not stifle the Holy Spirit. If that's you right now, I want you just to respond. Just get, get good at immediately obeying the Spirit. So if you're feeling that, I want you just to respond. Come forward. The prayer team will be here. If you want to pray by yourself, just spend time just kind of with Jesus. So that's one option for, for others in here. I want you to think about the person maybe you came to church with. Maybe you know them pretty well. Maybe you're married to them. or Maybe maybe it's just a, a deep friendship. And I want you just to bring that person before Jesus. And I want you just to ask Jesus, is there any word, any impression or thought for my friend or my spouse or my child? And as you ask Jesus that question, 
I want you just to lean over and put your hand on them and just pray it over them. Just pray it over them right now. Pray a word of encouragement, an exhortation. Just pray over each other in this room. Let the Spirit move. If you're someone who needs prayer, come forward. Let's get prayer. Our prayer team will pray with you. Just let the Spirit move. Pray with one another in this room. Ask the Lord to speak. If there's a, if there's just a, a, a hesitancy in your heart, a scoffiness, a scoffing spirit, would you just confess that to Jesus? Would you just confess that to Jesus now? God, I don't, I don't want to be a scorner. I don't want to be a scoffer. I don't mock. I want to have a heart that's believing. I want to believe that you can wake somebody up at three in the morning to pray for somebody else. I want to believe that kind of thing happens. I don't want to be on the sidelines, Lord. God, I want to believe that, that you, will, you will give us an, a thought or an impression to move us in a ministry, to move us in a direction. If you're here this morning and you've never bowed your knee to King Jesus, I want to speak to you right now. Right where you stand, you can just cry out to Jesus. I need you to realize one thing, that God sent his only son to take the place that you belonged on, the cross. He took your place there. He, he was your substitute. And Jesus took all of the sin penalty that you had, all the things that you had done wrong, and they were placed on Jesus. And he's our sacrifice. He's our Passover lamb. And you can just ask Jesus to be your savior. You can invite Jesus into your life. You can make him the king of your life that says, Jesus, you're my king. I trust in you right now. Right where you stand, you can pray a prayer saying, God, I need to be saved. I need Jesus to come into my life. I've done so many wrong things. The, the, the thought of standing in front of a holy, perfect God, it just terrifies me. I know I would be guilty of so much wrong. I desperately want Jesus to save me. Right where I'm at, I ask Jesus to save me. Come into my life. Give me a brand new start. Jesus, please take me. You're my king, and I follow you. If that's you this morning, I want you to pray that out to God. Church, it's important that we hear Jesus' voice. Father, I'm asking you to keep moving in this service. I'm asking you to start something today that never ends. I'm asking you, Lord, that we would be a church that responds to the Holy Spirit. I'm asking you, Lord, that tomorrow when we go to our jobs, we would just be on an adventure with you, that we would be just all ears. God, we would be listening to those thoughts and impressions that sound like Jesus and don't sound like us, that we would go up to people, we would encourage them. Lord, that we would, we would be bold for you when, when you lead us. Lord, help us to stay kind of following you in this, Lord, not to run ahead of you, but Lord, to let you lead us along and help us to just to, to be submissive to that, God, I pray. Lord, I pray that we would just be a church known for hearing and obeying. In Jesus' name.